for us to be here. As I know it's a busy time of the year. We've been uh, preparing for Christmas, Christmas Eve, for a number of days and weeks with shopping and finishing work and school and everything else. And such a tremendous blessing for us to gather here to worship the Lord. And then we also want to be encouraged through the Word. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you open it up to Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 25. Luke chapter 2, Pastor Luke here was quoting from the beginning of Luke chapter 2, of course, which is the account of the night that Jesus was born. But I want to read to you a section of scripture that takes place a few days after the birth of Jesus about a man named Simeon. And and the title is a message entitled, the message is entitled, excuse me, on this Christmas Eve, Simeon's Moment. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we do read, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law... And he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, that, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And Father, I thank you that we are here after a busy time to just stop. And even at the end of the account of the night Jesus was born, it tells us that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. And I pray that we would as well, as we learn from this man who was wise, uh, who was looking for the consolation of Israel, that, Lord, this Christmas Eve, that our hearts would once again, as we are taken back to Bethlehem, to this time that Jesus was born, that our hearts would be warmed and blessed in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. So on this Christmas Eve, as we gather together as the family of God and to celebrate the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, of course, Christians have been all around the world gathering on this Christmas Eve. Many churches in our own area having services this afternoon, this evening to, you know, celebrate the birth of Jesus, to read the magnificent Christmas story Record it for us in Luke chapter 2. And it is a very wonderful, it's a very beautiful, amazing account of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I pray it never grows dull to us because we're so familiar with it, aren't we? Luke chapter 2, we can almost quote it uh, as we know that it was recorded that Joseph and Mary, as they made their way from Nazareth in the north part of the country to Bethlehem because a decree had gone out from Caesar Augustus that all the world 
household shall be registered for taxes. And Joseph, who was from the house and lineage of David, would make his way with his spouse wife Mary uh, from Bethlehem, uh, uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. And as they got there, everything, the roads were jammed. The, the, every uh, inn had been full with uh, those who were traveling, the private homes. And here is Mary carrying the Christ child, and she's going to give birth to the bread of life, the Christ child named Jesus. And it was the angel after Jesus was born. And it's such an incredible story because, you know, Mary normally would have midwives and others that would be around here helping her. But we read that she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She laid him in a manger. A manger is a feeding trough. So we know that uh, Jesus was born in an animal enclosure somewhere at the edge of town where animals were kept and put in that, that feeding trough, the Son of God that would come to this world. And the angel would go to the shepherds that were watching their flock by night and give the announcement, the most amazing announcement, and said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all peoples. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then there was that heavenly host that began to praise God. And, and they were singing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. How would you like to have heard that choir singing? I, I bet it was absolutely amazing. So it's a beautiful, wonderful story there of the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2 that we ponder every year at this time at Christmas. Uh, we look at the magnificent story. We've done it many times on Christmas Eve services ourselves. But this Christmas Eve, I want us to look briefly at this man named Simeon and his meeting of the Christ child. Again, as I told you, it's a few days after Jesus was brought forth by Mary and wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in that manger in Bethlehem. And this elderly man named Simeon, as we read, he really intrigues me because in our text, he is uh, said that it, the Bible, that he's a just man, he's the devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That is, he was waiting for the Messiah to come. And on this Christmas Eve, many of us, and you kids that are here especially, that you're excited about opening up presents perhaps tomorrow, or maybe you get to open a few tonight. Some of you adults are excited about opening presents. And, and that is part of Christmas. But as I look at Simeon here, we learn so much from him. Him. He, he's such a wise individual. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that sometime in his lifetime, before he died, that he would see the Christ child. And I'm sure that Simeon's story and moment is recorded for us because he had one request. He had one desire in his life, and that was when he would see the Messiah. And if I were to ask us all a question here on this Christmas Eve... What is the one thing that you desire? What is the one thing that you want more than anything else? What is the one wish that, that you have on this Christmas? Would it be more money? Would it be a bigger house? Would it be a better car, a different job? Uh, would it be a better body? I don't know. If you had one desire, one gift, one wish on this Christmas, what would it be? And here we see Simeon told to us to be just. He's a devout man. The Holy Spirit was upon him. 
Church tradition tells us that Simeon was around 100 years old at this time in Luke chapter 2. And in our story here, Joseph and Mary, they make that short journey from Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, to Jerusalem. It's about a 10-mile walk, and Jesus, being eight days old here, would be presented before the Lord as they're at the temple in Jerusalem, and he would be circumcised. And Joseph and Mary also would present an offering as prescribed by the law. They presented, as we know from the scriptures, a pair of turtle doves, which gives us the indication very clearly that they were poor. They couldn't afford an animal sacrifice, so they could have a dove that they could use as a sacrifice for those who couldn't pay the money for an animal sacrifice. And as they come to the temple, something caught the eyes of Simeon. He was there. He was a man that was led by the Spirit of God, and he believed God's promise And he knew God's prompting. And the Lord spoke to Simeon as Mary was carrying that small infant. Simeon knew that he was the Christ child. This is the one that heaven has named Yahshua, Jesus. Yahshua, the Lord thy salvation. And you recall part of the Christmas story, it begins before the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. When the angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bring forth the Son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. You see, at the time of the birth of Jesus, there were a lot of little boys, there were little babies. Many of them were named Yahshua, uh, uh, Yahshua, Joshua, Yahshua, meaning I am the Lord thy salvation. In heaven says, this is the one born of Bethlehem. This is the one that heaven is going to name Yahshua, that he is truly the one that's going to do it. He is the one that's going to bring salvation. And Simeon recognizes that, that Jesus, he's the consolation. He is the comfort to Israel, and not just to Israel, but to all peoples. For unto you, Simeon, and those of us who are here tonight at Calvary Chapel, is born to you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the angel brought great tidings of great joy, which will be not just to Israel, but to all peoples. And Simeon takes baby Jesus in his arms. And what a scene that must have been. I'm sure he has tears in his eyes. And you know how it is when we hold an infant. Many infants have come through the services this afternoon and our Christmas Eve. And and just see parents and grandparents holding those infants, those little babies. It's such a special picture that we have and, and moment that we can have with our children, with our grandchildren. And here he is, as he's holding, I'm sure, Jesus close to himself. And he says, as we read, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, and a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. What a moment it is indeed for Simeon. As he had waited his whole life, waited for the promise to be fulfilled that God had given him, that God had given the world ever since Genesis chapter 3, that Messiah would come. And now he sees Messiah, the promise given to him that he would see the Christ child before his death. And I believe the one desire for Simeon was for this moment here that we just read about for him to lay his eyes on that Christ child 
as he holds them in his arms and he says, Lord, now I can depart in peace. The one thing that I desire, the one thing that I wish, the one thing that I long for more than anything else has now been done according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, Yahshua. I am the Lord thy salvation. And it would be this child that would grow up and when he began his ministry, he would proclaim that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. He would claim to be the resurrection and the life. And it was not only Simeon that recognized that this Christ child is his salvation, but I pray for all of us here on this Christmas Eve that we would come to understand that he is our salvation a salvation, as Simeon realized, that has been brought to the Gentiles. And Simeon, who was so full of wisdom because he thought in eternity's values and views, his one desire, his longing was to see the Son of God, his salvation, and he's filled with such peace and joy at this moment that he says, now your servant can depart in peace. As I look at the scriptures... And I look at those who had a heart for God, who walked closely with the Lord. Uh, I see that, for example, Abraham. We've been talking about him on Sunday morning, going through the book of Galatians. And Abraham, he, he was one that was known uh, throughout the whole area of Canaan. He was one that was told that, I'm going to make you a great nation out of you and your descendants, Abraham. He had over 300 servants. He had many animals. He was wealthy. But as we read about Abraham's life, that he was one that was a worshiper of the Lord. He built an altar at Bethel, and he would go there and worship the Lord, and he would draw close to the Lord. I think about Moses. We all know about Moses. Used mightily of God, seeing the awesome power of God more than any other man. He had the largest church ever in the history of mankind. Over 2 million people for 40 years, and they didn't even have a building. They were out in the wilderness. And all of a sudden, as he's up on the mountain, and it was an awesome time, the one desire that he said to the Lord is, I want to see your glory, Lord. And then the people sinned against the Lord. And he interceded on their behalf. And it was Moses that, as we read in the book of Exodus, as you move into chapters 32 and 33, that he would fold up his tent. He would walk outside the camp, which was a long hike, and he would set up his tent. And there it says that God talked with Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses, who was busier than anybody, anybody that I know of, so busy, the responsibilities that he had, the pressure that he was under. And the one thing that he did as the people watched as he won and he fellowship with the Lord. And he said to the Lord, I don't want to go into the promised land unless you are leading us. I want to know your grace, Lord. And that's the first time in the scriptures that we hear about grace. I think about David who had a heart after God. A mighty warrior. He defeated giants. Uh, whole villages sang about him when he defeated the enemy. Uh, he was blessed of the Lord. He was the greatest king that Israel ever had. He had great fame throughout all that known world because of his power, because of the one who 
would defeat the enemies around him, the one who was a great king and made Israel a great name. And he writes in Psalm 27, the one thing that I have desired of the Lord that I may seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That was his one desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord. I think about Solomon. Solomon, who was wealthier than any man that ever existed in the history of mankind, so prosperous. God went to Solomon and said, Solomon, what do you want? And he said, I need your wisdom. And as his life continued on, he had great fame. He had wealth. He had palaces. He had many wives. He had horses. He had gold and silver. He had magnificent feasts and parties. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, all of that is empty. It's all vanity. And at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes, let us consider the conclusion of the whole matter, that you fear God and you keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Solomon, who had everything that this world had to offer. And he said, it's all empty. And what matters is this, to know the Lord, to know his ways and to fear him, to reverence him. I can't help but think about the woman of Luke chapter 7. And I believe as you look at the timeline and the chronological order of events in the Gospels, that she had just heard Jesus say, On that hillside in Galilee that come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It would be shortly after that that Simon the Pharisee had Jesus over for dinner. And the house would be full of people. And this woman said, I am going to go To him, he gave that invitation, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. This woman who was only known as a sinner. And I'm sure she came into that house and she fell at the feet of Jesus. And she's worshiping him and she's weeping. And she's washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. That there was a gasp in the room. But Jesus said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. If God was to ask us, what is your one desire? What is your one wish? What is your one request? Honestly, and it's a question for me, what would it be? You see, we can be so fooled in this life. And we can be so short-sighted, but Simeon knew that Jesus was the key to all other things. And that's why the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you. And David, the great psalmist of Israel, he would write 3,000 years ago in Psalm 16, that you will show me the path of life, Lord, and in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yesterday, my family and I made a foolish decision. We decided to go to Centura yesterday. And some of you were there, right? And um, it was just crazy. But we went to the bookstore there, and there's shelf after shelf of 
you know, psychology books, self-help books, how to be successful in life. Half the bookstore was full of books like that. And here comes David 3,000 years ago, and he says, here's the key if you want to have joy. Because this Christmas season, we've been hearing songs or singing songs. We hear about joy and goodwill and peace and all of that. And it is found by being in the presence of the Lord. In your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. Many of those books were, here's the secret to happiness. Here's the secret to fulfill life. There's no secret to it. You come to the Lord. And in your presence is fullness of joy. I think that every single one of us, I bet there's not one person here that would say, I don't want joy. I don't want peace. I don't want goodwill. I just want to be miserable all my life. It's found by knowing him, fellowshipping with him, walking with him. Because here's the good news. There was a purpose why Jesus came to this world. He came to this world to die for your sins. And that's what Simeon is speaking about. That's what Simeon is saying as he says to Mary that, that, that behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. You're going to see your son die on that cross as the spear would be thrust into his chest cavity as he died for your sins. Jesus, when he took that cross, he did it because of his love for you. And as he went to that place of execution, he knew that the only way that you could have salvation is not going to be in yourself. It's not by trying to be good. It's not by being religious. It's because he went to the cross to die for your sins. And as he hung between heaven and earth and took atonement for your sins, he cried out, it is finished. And they put him into a grave and he rose again after three days. He conquered sin and death. And he's at the right hand of the Father. And the invitation is for you to believe and to come. You see, he's your salvation. And the greatest gift that you can receive, because salvation is a free gift. Do you know that? That's what the Bible says repeatedly. You can't earn it. You can't merit it. You can't be religious enough. A church can't save you. A pastor can't save you. You can't save yourself. Only Jesus Christ can save you. And it is by humbling yourself and coming to him and saying that you are the Savior of the world, and that's why you came. And that's what Simeon recognized, that I've seen my salvation because he's going to die for my sins. And we know that as we come to him and call out to him, that we have forgiveness of sin. We have a relationship with the Father as we've been learning on Sunday morning that we have the spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba, Father. We don't have to have the spirit of fear and that we got right relationship with him through Jesus Christ because he said, no one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way, not a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he proved it by rising from the grave. He's the Son of God, and the free gift of salvation is offered to you, the greatest gift that you can ever have. Listen, the gifts that you get, you can appreciate them, you can enjoy them for a short time, but here's the thing. Eventually, they're going to wear out, and eventually, they're going to break, or eventually, whatever the case may be, you'll lose it, whatever. But salvation through Jesus Christ and faith in him is for all eternity. You see, this Christ child... 
He came as the suffering Savior. Next week, we're going to talk about how he's going to come to rule and reign. And we get to be a part of that kingdom that lasts forever. If you haven't made a commitment to Christ, the greatest gift can be given to you this Christmas Eve, the free gift of salvation. And he says, come. Come and believe on me. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And to know this, that God so loved the world, he so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. So Merry Christmas. Father, we thank you so much for this lesson, this, this account of Simeon, who was so wise, recognizing his salvation. And Lord, I pray for anyone who may be here on this Christmas Eve. We thank you that we get to be with family. We thank you that we get to, to enjoy the, the holiday season and look forward to a new year. But Lord, I also know that perhaps there are those who are here that maybe they're afraid or maybe they're hurting or maybe perhaps they're confused. And Lord, you're not the God of confusion. You are the God of comfort. And Lord, for those who are anxious about the days ahead, we don't have to be afraid. That was the very first message concerning the birth of Jesus is don't be afraid. And we don't have to because Jesus Christ has come to this world born and then he went to a cross to die for us. So I pray for anyone who might be here, listen, that if you are here and you're not right with God, that the invitation on this Christmas Eve is for you to receive the free gift of salvation, a gift that will last for all eternity as you sincerely come and call out on the name of the Lord. We're all sinners, every single one of us. There's a problem. The Bible says we've fallen short of the glory of God. And we can't pay for that. We can't be holy enough. Only Jesus was able to come and redeem us. Only Jesus is able to pay the price for sin as he took the punishment that you deserve upon himself, making atonement for your sin. And he cried out, it is finished, it is done. And then he was put into a grave and he rose again, proving he's the son of God. And he says, come and call out on the name of, on my name, the name of Jesus, Yahshua, the Lord, thy salvation. And you can do that right now, sincerely, by praying, Jesus, I come and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. And I ask that you would sit upon the throne of my life as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for dying for me and this free gift of salvation and bringing me into the family of God and this new beginning. And I want to know you. And in your presence, I know his fullness of joy to walk with you. I thank you this Christmas for the giving of a son, a child being born, the Christ child. Father, I pray you bless everyone here as we go our way, going with great joy, pondering these things in our own hearts that we've talked about tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.